0: this is the soulfully casual podcast hosted by matty ice and now your host matty ice hello everyone welcome to the soulfully casual podcast brought to you by matty ice media big shout out to them even though i'm the guy Um, I'm your host, Matty Ice, and we're doing something a little new this time around. So, episode 40, I think, is Monday, and for 40 straight episodes, you've listened to me pontificate for 20 to 25 minutes, and I think it's time for something a little bit new. So, I'm bringing on a temporary co-host to kind of help me uh, navigate some new territory, do something a little bit new. Uh, It's a mini-series of sorts, and the two of us are going to Uh, Talk about and break down the new Marvel series uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which you can find on Disney Plus for uh, some small fee relatively. So uh, this guy in my life needs no introduction. He doesn't need an introduction for you, but I've known him for eight years. I'm married to his sister and this is my brother-in-law, Mike. So, Mike, welcome to the show and uh, happy to have you aboard.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this uh, little adventure of ours. Uh, yeah for
0: sure yeah you know um I wanted to do some some long form content because uh, I can't really talk for longer than 20-25 minutes it's just not in me um and you know there's so much good content you and I've had many conversations over the years uh spanning many different topics so uh talking about a Marvel series certainly is not outside of our wheelhouse in any fashion so um the way I'm the way I'm seeing it is you know it's it's stuff we're interested in we talk about this at family functions so why don't we bring it on the air because i'm sure millions of people are watching it and uh first episode just dropped uh last friday so uh i, I thought you were any... gonna
1: say may, millions of people were listening to us i was thinking Never maybe why. hundreds of people but you know we are... get
0: to... <laughs> uh last i checked i believe i get about 20 listens an episodes so that's about how good we're doing here um, well,
1: that's the best 20 people in the world <laughs>
0: that's correct. So. Um, to catch everybody up, well, first of all, I think I should say spoiler alerts. For anybody who has not seen anything previous to this or this episode, um, you wanna watch this after you've watched the previous episode. However, um, you know, up until now, Marvel and Disney really, because uh, I think Disney took over Marvel somewhere. Did they take it over before the MCU or like in the middle of it? How did that work?
1: I think it actually occurred in the middle of it, but you know, I could I could be way wrong on that one. Um, but I think it maybe it happened after the first iron man but it was early okay. on if it wasn't before
0: that okay so either way the the marvel cinematic U- universe took us on i think it was what a 20 29 movies was it 29 movies um no i think it was it 18 was, it was a long it, it was it was enough movies that spanned like uh 11 years worth of, of movie releases i believe cuz i think the iron man first iron man came out in oh, Endgame, 08 end yep. game i think was 19 uh so 11 years lots of movies lots of content lots of stories and what they managed to do in my eyes is they managed to tell what ended up being a very good story with tons of characters different story arcs that ended in a finite sort of way um you know at the end of at the end of the the first whatever it was i think it's phase one through four of the mcu i don't i can't remember exactly how they how they do that but Either way, the end uh, of the, that, that you know, movie series was Endgame, and it was a very finite ending. And what has now happened is Marvel is, instead of going to the theatrical release train, they are going to the um, you know, television content, sort of mini-series route, if you will. And that's kind of a new paradigm in television, where it, we're almost seeing like a golden age of television, but what they're really doing is producing large-scale movies for smaller consumption. Um, and the first of that for for Marvel was WandaVision and we're we can, you know, talk about that a little bit but um you know that was the first foray into this for Marvel. We weren't really sure we were going to get. Disney had produced the the Mandalorian for Star Wars, so we were two seasons into that before Marvel did their first thing really, right? Um, right? so we didn't really know what know what to expect, but WandaVision kind of at least for me set the tone of what Marvel is looking to accomplish vis-a-vis the series which is to basically give us the post endgame uh, character development for characters that we really didn't get a whole lot of you know they, they were in it like you know Wanda was in the MCU we knew enough about her to care about her towards the end but we didn't really know anything about her so we learned a lot and now we're moving on to Falcon and Winter Soldier who we know a lot about Bucky to this point we don't know as much about Falcon so i they've set themselves up in such a great way in my opinion because now we're basically getting not even or you 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 made the point that wandavision season one was kind of like a origin story but in this series we're not getting that so i wanted to hear your thoughts about so far like you know the direction that seems like marvel's going in with you know the content that they're bringing out now the way that they're bringing it out
1: yeah you know i'm actually I'm really enthused, and and it it started with, you know, WandaVision, which was a a great series, and it was kind of groundbreaking in the way that they they, uh, approached that series. And they did something that I don't think anyone was ready for when it comes to, you know, the idea of a a TV series within a TV series and and the the breaking of her mind and, and kind of the, you know, a way to kind of bring the events of Endgame into the real world of how do people really react when these you know catastrophic type events we always see them in the movies. It's always just you know we always joke sometimes you watch a, a a major action movie and they destroy half the city and no one really thinks about what is the implications to people's you know well being when something like this happens. What happens when half you know three billion people disappear off the earth and then come back five years later. Um, so I like the fact that with this series format what you're really seeing is, I think the best part about it you're getting some amazing character development that I don't think you can get in a two-hour movie. And by doing so, I think what they can do is, I'm wondering, is that the idea is, hey, let's start building these characters and giving some real, uh, you know, the people really involved and, and attached to them, so that when we make a movie and put it out in the theaters about some action event that happens, you already have this kind of feeling of this this connection with those characters and I don't think you could do it other than the way they're doing it right now with these little mini-series
0: I I love what you said about um the the sort of collateral damage that takes place in action movies so there's two things that I thought of when I was watching the first episode of, of Falcon and Winter Soldier I thought number one you're right um so much infrastructure is destroyed in any action movie and yet but, but every action movie has a happy ending for the good guys, right? And it feels good, you know, the, the hero is reunited with a past love or, or something, whatever, right? Like somebody saves the day in some fashion. At the end of Endgame, the universe was saved. We lost some lives. But they kind of touched on it a little bit in Civil War, I think, really. But even in Civil War, they destroyed a bunch of stuff right they just run a bunch of stuff but we never really see what happens afterward like the it ends and we think oh that was nice you know that's happy and then we move on but what they've done here is they're allowing us very much into the minds of the people that are remaining while also pulling from the whole five billion people disappeared which is not a small thing it's not a small thing and they really went from five billion people disappeared they gave us a glimpse of it in Endgame to get us as a, as a vehicle, essentially, to get us to why we should care about the, the saving of the universe. But in these shows now, we're caring about singular characters and how they're going through all of the emotions of after the fact, right? Wanda loses her, her, lo- her only love, basically, to save the universe, essentially. And so what does she do? She recreates that in her grief. And what did what was it that Paul Bettany said? It was like, "What is grief if not love enduring?" Right? Yeah, I think so love persevering. I think was the like uh, yeah. And so so there's that. So now let's move on to uh, you know Falcon and Winter Soldier, which mm-hmm. uh, I want to get your initial thoughts on it before I give mine. So you watched it sure. before I did. I watched it today. Um, you know, we kind of knew it was going to be different, but I wanted to get your just like you know initial gut reaction to when when it was over.
1: Okay, um, so obviously Falcon Winter Soldier, uh, just a completely different feel than WandaVision. Vision, um, but not in a bad way. In exactly the way you expect Falcon and Winter Soldier to be, um, it felt a little more action movie esque in a way. Uh, in the sense, it was a bit of a, uh, a you know soldier spy type type show. I like that about it, but at the same time, I liked how they really brought you into the world of Sam and Bucky and how they were dealing with the aftermath of Endgame and I think you're going to see it I I assume based upon the way this starts is you're going to see this is this is kind of their story about dealing with difficult times and how they get through it and you know if there's anything you learn from from these you know these Marvel movies is heroes if you will are not necessarily people who are just possessing great power heroes are people who process difficult things and rise above them and do great things. And I think this, this first episode, especially was a great way of showing of all the trauma that they've had to deal with in different ways, Bucky for the last hundred and six years or whatever. Um, and you know, uh, Sam more recently, but I think uh, even then it brings back into his past a little bit. So I thought that was great. Um, I thought, uh, that character development was good i like the fact that they were able to kind of weave in action and comedy that wasn't you know cheesy but was you know felt very organic with the tell the story um overall i thought it was it was actually really good and in fact i really enjoyed it i thought it was an entertaining and it, it made me want to come back and watch more which is probably exactly what you want to do if you're building a series uh on television like this right
0: and my initial reaction was when the episode was over i didn't realize it had been that long which to right, me yeah. is an indication of you were in the content yeah i think it was like 46 minutes but yeah. uh, i agree so when it started it started with an action scene which to me spelled marvel movie like and i think about the marvel movies of the character see the, see this is this is what was so great about it was the characters are so different they are more the actiony sort of um, I don't want to say like meathead characters of it, but they're not the supernatural characters. They're not right. up until this they're... point the cerebral characters. They're the right. physical melee combat guys that we brought in when we need an ass kicker, basically. <laughs> and now, yeah, right. I mean, and and now what we're getting is an action movie. But man, like they got really deep into it. So I love the way the show the, the episode looked. I really like Doug Bat. Um, extremely well produced, extremely well filmed. It looked it looked the part, it sounded the part. Um, and I, I was pleased. Like, I didn't know what it was going to be like, because again, you know, we're going from WandaVision, which was, okay, let's look at all the little details of every right. single where, thing Where is all the stuff hidden, right?
1: Because it's all kinds yeah. of hidden stuff in WandaVision. Yeah.
0: Yes. And in this one, it was more in your face. It was more, um, you kind of... You know the foreshadowing was was easy for us i think to to pick out because we've watched enough of these movies or just movies in general where you kind of know um you know what what's coming so i agree i enjoyed it and the fact that it was it was over so quickly um but there's a couple things i wanted to to get into in it so first um i i thought the therapy scene with bucky was extremely powerful for many different reasons um it was it was one of, of my easy. favorite scenes right so it was somewhat amusing because he was obvious like they were obviously playing chicken with each other almost um you could kind of kind of tell they right. were playing emotional chicken and then the i think the part about it that i really enjoyed was when the therapist lashed out and said you know i was a great soldier once too and right i know exactly what you're going through because throughout the whole scene i was thinking oh she's just a, a talking head basically like she's just somebody who is Reading from a book of this is exactly what these people go through, and then when she reveals in a very non-professional therapist way, I've been where you are. It was interesting. Yeah,
1: cut the cut the bullshit, Bucky. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I thought
0: that yeah, was crazy. I, I, really it was, and I you know I know um, you know there's there's probably instances that we both have had that happen to us where we're trying to tell ourselves that something else is happening when it's really just right in front of our face so I I really thought that was interesting um definitely the parts with the old man I actually it took me longer in the episode to figure out what the correlation was but once I figured it out I was like I was actually kind of emotionally jarred by it because I figured it out right after he had said like you know you want to go on the date with her and i was like oh no way like that, that's the guy so um i thought that was all very interesting i absolutely love the whole atonement thing which is just like come on and the way he did atonement the way bucky atoned um was, was quite funny so okay,
1: um, yeah so. I, I agree uh, so two parts there i i wanted to comment on and one was the first part was the scene with the the therapist uh beyond the actual scene which i thought was well well put together and i love that back and forth between him and uh was that Edie falco was that who that was uh from the from the sopranos was that no, the I wife don't, uh, i don't i don't think
0: so i i would have recognized her immediately. oh man i, I, I thought it was, so was like... keep talking and i'll look it up
1: okay anyway um but yeah so uh i also like the cinematography of that scene um i love the close-ups of the faces and mm-hmm. like you felt like you know, and both of their faces had, uh, you know, uh, I almost felt like the the lines in their faces told the stories of their lives. And so it really, I felt like that close-up of the faces really brought that scene together uh, beyond just the the dialogue that occurred, which was kind of neat, in my opinion. And the second part was about, you mentioned the old guy that he was friends with. Initially, I was thinking, oh, he's he's friends with the old guy because he's an old guy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he may be young, but he's 106, right? He lived in the 1940s. He probably has more in common with the old dude than he does with people his own age in the modern world. Uh, but then the, the kind of the big reveal regarding him, you know, killing the guy's son. Yeah, dude, that was a, that was a pretty tough, a tough sell. You were, you were like, oh man, I see exactly where the, where the pain is for him.
0: And now he's going to yeah. have to
1: deal with that at some point.
0: And then you, when he said too in that scene, I've gone from battle to battle to battle to battle for a hundred years right and you like those are parts of bucky's story arc that i don't think were really talked about because we knew he was a uh, a pawn for hydra but they never like I, we never were really made to consider the larger picture of bucky's existence and that he was basically for lack of a better term like an emotional slave for them because they had him yeah brainwashed right um and so i, I thought that was yeah, that that really hit a lot harder than I thought it would, and it's so different from the the Falcon storyline because they brought that is like he goes back home almost, and the the interactions yeah. with the sister were very telling when she's like, you had you had to go off and fight your wars and save the universe, and I get that. Right. I was here trying to keep the family together, and and then when they when they try to get the loan, and it's like, well, you haven't yeah. had any income for five years, and he's like, well. I didn't exist for five years. Um, right.
1: You know, I like that one, too. I wanted to bring up that because I had read something online uh, where, like, people were, like, angry at Tony Stark. Why didn't he pay Falcon? Or why, you know, what what's going on? And I, and I wanted to kind of bring that in a little bit. And, and I thought back to that. I said, well, you know, up until he disappeared, until he was, poof, gone, I mean, he was in the military, right and then for five years he disappeared and then he comes back and he's kind of back again and so he i remember him saying something like well i wasn't here for five years and it made me laugh a little bit and i I, you know uh, not to you know as my background having worked for the u.s government for a long time uh there's nothing surprising about the fact that you could disappear off the earth for five years and they could totally screw up your finances, you know, and they'd be like, well, I don't really talk about it. you didn't exist. So therefore, uh, yeah, sorry, I don't know what's happening. I can't find a way to back pay you. That'd be crazy. You know, and so yeah. it, it made me laugh a little bit inside. So like, yeah, that is that is the bureaucracy that definitely would exist. It would absolutely happen. And I could see that happen to the poor guy. And I thought that was a really cool, unique, you know, way of talking about not just for 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 him, but for I think a lot of these people who probably blip back into existence. And there were probably people living in their houses and et cetera, et cetera, as it, as it goes on. Yeah. Well the
0: the the layered part of that that I thought was really interesting, but yet subtle in a way was how the guy's like, I know you from somewhere, and even <laughs> his even his celebrity currency couldn't buy him couldn't the last five done. years of his life, and yeah. that was that was really interesting because it, it it kind of brought the idea again, like, hey, the world is in a good place now, or what the universe is saved. But the other, so before I get into that what i realized is that these two shows now they're setting it up very similarly to the way that the mcu did the first time where it was very much focused on earth the world and for us it's really like america almost in a bubble like mm-hmm. we're getting a little bit of a glimpse now with the um i can't remember the the name of the the faction that that they're trying to find that the guy oh the flag
1: gather. smashers
0: yeah very original is it flag um,
1: smashers flag flag battlers flag? It was, it
0: was something yeah. like that. The way they explained it was we're, they wanted freedom. We're terrible orders, comic right? fans.
1: We're supposed to know everything immediately, right? Yeah.
0: We're not. Um, but yeah. They, yeah. it's <laughs> very much... It, yeah, it's, we're not. But it's very much um, located in that way. And you realize, too, that, like, well, this is how Earth is dealing with this. But the whole universe had blips. Like, and remember, we didn't really get a whole, like you know spacey feel until guardians of the galaxy came along other than that it was kind of like oh the yeah Avengers right. are saving cities and all that stuff and then and i remember thinking how is guardians of the galaxy gonna gonna handle this and then it ended up being one of the best movies in the series and they ended up being like almost the yeah. most important movie so that was fascinating um but i thought the falcon thing was yeah that really-
1: was one of those ones where you know i, I look back and i did a comment on that just i mean i yeah you know, and I, i've never been a huge book guy i really haven't so like you know if you're talking about you want to talk about an mcu thing and like you're literally finding a bit of a uh you know a noob if you will when it comes to a lot of comic books but like i was like how does this guardians of the galaxy thing gonna work boy did that work and boy does it tie so much of it together in such an important way
0: well if you want to hear about comic book noob i probably should have opened with that that we're not going to be talking about like the comic book lore as it relates to the shows we're just sort of talking about what's in front of us but the episode the halloween episode of wandavision when they both dress up i had no idea that that's the way they were depicted in the comic books
1: (laughs) i had to look that one up (laughs) yeah
0: well i looked it up for some other reason and then saw the picture and i was like oh huh Okay, I sh- did not pick, that up, pick up on that. So if anybody's listening, thinking that we are now uh, not worthy of talking about this, well, that's fine. But we're talking about what we see in front of our face. But um, I wanted to get Let, your thoughts.
1: Here, we don't need any of that. This is for fun. And there's a lot more people that just enjoy these things, probably. That's so correct. we should probably, you know, we're, we'll, we'll rep them if we have to. <laughs>
0: um, I wanted to get your thoughts on the end. Because the end was, uh, the end of the episode was interesting in many ways obviously they do this the first episode it sets up they have to set up the future right so that's fine sure Um, but it plays so much into both of those two characters um, futures because they have different relationships with Captain America and (laughs) Bucky didn't talk about it Falcons was very much centered around it so I wanted Mm -hmm. to get your thoughts on that that part of the Falcon storyline because I thought the Don Cheadle stuff was was interesting um and then you know basically falcon's whole existence after he he kicked butt at the beginning um you know was was very much about his identity as it relates to captain america no longer being with us
1: right you know i you know i look at that uh, that ending and, and you know not to you know hopefully i don't ruin it or maybe i'll be wrong but i look at this series and i think you know the they're, I think they played off that idea of the, the, the new Captain America, right? Uh, I guess they call him U.S. Agent, I think is a, is a technical comic book name for who this individual is, if you follow the comic books. Um, but uh, I think they, they try to build it up as that kind of... I look at him as like a false false uh, antagonist. And I say false antagonist because I think he's going to be a good guy. But he's going to be an antagonist initially because everyone's like, he's not Captain America, Sam is supposed to be Captain America it's Sam's shield not his shield who is this guy what is the government trying to do I think in the in the end he's going to be a good guy but I think it it sets up the possibility for the series to be Sam is struggling with the idea that he is supposed to somehow fill the shoes of can't you know Captain America and I think I think uh maybe the end of this series is that this guy uh, they didn't really say his name the new Captain America um, will exist in the MCU maybe not I don't know but I think the idea is this is the series is going to be Sam coming to terms with him taking the shield at some point so I would not be surprised if at the end of the series Sam does take the shield as Captain America but it's going to take the series to get him there and I think that's kind of the foreshadowing that they've given to us
0: I was going to say, do you think this is like um, there was that show Gotham, which they said Batman was not going to be a part of it. I think the ending of that show was like Batman ended up showing up like they were doing a show about Gotham City before Batman was a thing and how all of these villains basically came about. And then I think at the very end, they revealed Batman because, you know, Bruce Wayne grew up in in the in the part of the show. So that's actually a good theory. I, I never considered that what I what I have thought about is that the new Captain America, who very clearly is not genetically superior the way that Steve <laughs> Rogers was, um, <laughs> right. is going, I, I have to think, since the, the tone that has been set for this s- season already is a very action-y espionage spy thing, they're going Perfect. to ask him to go to battle, essentially, and represent the ideal of Captain America, and I feel like uh, Falcon is going to have to get involved because, because. What if he can't do it? Well, he probably won't be able to do it. Is my point right. is like you looked at the guy, and I thought he looks kind of dweeby under that mask. Like there's no way that yeah. he's going to be able to hold. And the other thing it that got know, me too was,
1: like, I, I wonder about that. Like as much as they do so much so well in Marvel, right? Like everything is the detail, the minute details always so well executed. And, and you look at the dude's like helmet mask thing, and it's pushing his ears down. He looks like a goofball and i'm like was it intentional are they trying to make him look like a goofball to elicit a reaction out of the out of the audience to make you not like him initially or think he is less than you know capable i don't know i just i wonder about that it's just very interesting
0: well i think it's foreshadowing i mean because i I kind of liken the marvel movies to like a nintendo like a mario game where they intentionally like if you see something in the game it's intentionally put there on purpose like don't right. just think oh that's really weird that that's there it's like oh that's there for a reason and right. i kind of feel that felt that way about this like the presentation of you know the we'll put captain america 2 in there the presentation of him i think was that way because it was indicative of the us government trying to recreate something right. that for- can't be recreated <laughs> which is very us government right like let's let's just do the thing that we did before <laughs>
1: right it's so typical it's like we're not going to learn our lesson we're just going to do what we did last time and I mean, you look at i mean it's almost a, a an allegory for how we fight wars right we always fight the last war and then we realize we did it wrong because we were trying to do the wrong thing again you know type thing so yeah it very very similar yeah maybe that is did, what they're going on
0: did you find it symbolic that um they took the shield out of its encasement when it from what, what, what they made us feel, it was a big deal for, for Falcon to return. Give it up. Yeah. Yes. Like, even he admitted.
1: It took me a second watch to to, see, to to kind of come to terms with that. Because initially, I was like, okay, yeah, no big deal. But I'm like, wait a minute. Like, he gave the shield to the Smithsonian. It was like, oh, no, we're going to put this thing in. And you're right. This is the right thing to do, I think, is what the guy told him. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, wait, they took it out of there and they gave it to somebody else. That's odd it's just odd
0: you know <laughs> well yeah like and immediately like they turned right around and essentially it's almost as if and, and maybe this is true it's almost as if they were hoping for that because they were going to turn it around right because they wanted to do this and it's interesting to me because the avengers in in totality were here to solve a very large problem like they first existed in a way to solve, like, Earth's problems, but really right. that's not their end goal. And even, I think Nick Fury knew that there was something larger afoot than right. just what was happening in, like, Sokovia, for instance. Um, and it's almost like America is falling back on the idea that they need some larger group to fight <clears> their <throat> battles because... And then maybe this is getting too, you know, meta or, or, or whatever, but it's like, well, we can't we haven't really been successful the, the old-fashioned way but we did end up surviving this blip business because of the fact that the Avengers are here so right. let's try and make that a thing again.
1: Well and it could also be too if you look at like the fact that you know such such a atrocious thing happened they feel incredibly vulnerable right and scared and they want to look to something that is known to, to help. You know, and what is known better than at this point, Captain America and Iron Man and you know, all these other folks. And oh by the way, Iron Man's dead. Yes. Captain America's dead for all they know. You know, he may still be alive living as an old man, we don't know, but he's not there. You know, mm-hmm. so the the things they know that save them are there. They need they need that, you know, to feel comfort. Like there's a like there's a chance that if something else happens they have they have some way to get through it because
0: that's who fixed it last time. Do they give any indication in either show how long it's been since?
1: So I, I read this a little bit, and and this is kind of my idea. So what, from what I understand, uh, you know, Endgame happened. WandaVision took place almost immediately afterwards. Okay, so
0: that was very immediate. Week,
1: week within a day. Um, I've been oh, okay. from what I understand, this show takes place roughly six months after the events of Endgame. Okay. And then um, if you watch Spider-Man Far From Home, which came out obviously right after Endgame uh, in theaters back, you know, back when our world was normal. Um, <laughs> uh, that one takes place roughly a year after a year to 18 months after Endgame. So after this event. So um, kind of interesting I think to maybe see how the how that will play out into their uh, phase, whatever we're in now, uh, building of this universe.
0: So, WandaVision was literally like right, at, like she returned to to Earth, and basically that was like it. Like so she, she went right you know, to the house.
1: So she she blipped back in and then fought the battle against Thanos. Right, because remember right. she was she was oh right that's right, and she blipped back in. Uh, father's battle against Thanos. And then I assuming then within a very short amount of time after that, finding out where Vision's body was was her number one priority, probably right after Tony Starts' funeral. Um, I can imagine, based upon all she'd gone through, that was her her next thing. So she goes, gets the body. The grief, stress. Well, she didn't go get the body, right? Because remember initially, she didn't go get the body, right? It turns mm-hmm. out that was a, that was, she went to try to get, you know, see what was going on she realizes he's dead for a second time you know the grief and the idea of seeing the house that he was hopefully going to build for her like sends her over the edge and the hex starts and all this stuff the end of Wanda Vision happens and then this takes place at some point later
0: that's interesting i had not actually considered that Wanda literally went from the funeral to basically figure you know all of that out and i, I mean yes about- yeah it makes a lot of sense actually
1: it, which helps kind of it. explain her grief curve. If you, she didn't have five years to process Vision's death. For her, it happened in the moment, in the immediacy.
0: Yeah. You know. Well, that's right. That's right. Because did yeah. just, hold on. Like, because remind me. It's been a while since I've watched Infinity War. But Vision died in Infinity War when Thanos ripped out the Mind Stone, right? Yes. Did he? But then when they came back, didn't he she was not there to- and he vision wasn't there right no okay when they went back in time and all that
1: so yeah so remember she didn't come back until they came back and brought everything so she came back when dr strange opened up the portals at the big you know the the big you know triumphant scene where all the avengers assemble and fight Thanos. that's right and her rage is there right because remember like that was her big thing when Thanos is like i don't Mm -hmm. know who you are and she's like you took everything from me
0: yeah that's Uh, right
1: and almost defeated thanos by herself you know um
0: yeah and that was that was the first glimpse into her i mean we're we're you know off on a tangent but that it's interesting though thinking about it because you're right like um now remind me bucky survived he was not part of the blip right because he was in wakanda that whole time
1: oh bucky blipped as well
0: did he i don't remember that yep yeah, okay. we
1: just, well, so basically they left the blip and then kind of your original Avengers were who were left.
0: Um, well, that tells you a lot about where we're going now, because right like now all the so two shows that have come out now are all blipped characters, whereas we're not. Yeah. We haven't had a character that's been around this whole time. So well, if you
1: look at the originals, right, who's left yeah. in the originals? Thor. Iron Man's dead. Thor is who's- in space. Right, he's
0: gonna he, be. He's gonna. He's, he's with the, yeah, what was it right? as guardians of the galaxy? Yeah, as
1: guardians of the galaxy, he's on his way out, you know. Um, Black Widow is dead, uh, Steve is essentially dead. Uh, so you're Captain America, so three the big three there, you know. You all you got, you got Hulk, but Hulk is now not the Hulk, he's kind of something else, or we don't know where Hulk is at at this point. That's true. Um, so that original. Uh, and then and then i think they've got a a hawkeye movie coming out i assume hawkeye's gonna pass the torch and i think that's the idea this is all about passing the torch to a new set of avengers um to kind of keep the story going without it making it be too stale do
0: you think that these actors and actresses this is their like last hurrahs these characters and they'll pass it on to another set for the same characters or they're moving on to another set of like comic book characters entirely
1: for like iron man
0: well, Iron Man theoretically could be picked up by nobody, right? Because right. well, the well, the I guess that's well. I'm just saying, like you know, the 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 actors that are playing Bucky and Falcon, like this isn't their sponsor. No, swan I, song.
1: they're get you through. I, I really do. I think they're a part of this next phase. I don't because, think they're disappearing. I think they're going to be part of this next phase. If they move forward.
0: Because I know Chris Evans has said he's not playing captain america again like he's done i think so
1: chris evans is done i mean if we see him i'm sure it'll be more of a cameo style thing that they do some sort of marvel nod or something like that same thing with you know tony stark maybe we see a i could see robert downey jr coming back and giving us like a, a quick cameo as like a recording or something you know just for the fun of it but like i think for the most part they're moving through those characters into the other characters and then I wouldn't be surprised though at some of the staples right like I don't know what's gonna happen to this Black Widow movie that comes out whenever the hell they decide to actually release the thing um you know obviously we know that Scarlett Johansson as the Black Widow is is done but does someone take the mantle of Black Widow the same way that maybe Sam takes the mantle of Captain America or maybe it's Bucky who takes Captain America I don't know who it is but someone is going to take the mantle of Captain America um with the shield and that and that thing i think that's that's typically i think from what i understand how the comic books have done it i can see how the ncu could do that the idea of the you know the the hero isn't necessarily the individual but the the idea of of what they represent
0: they've had that theory about uh james bond forever that james bond is not the manifestation via the actor james bond is really a concept and anybody can play james bond um right the that's
1: 007, if you will, and that is 007. doesn't matter. Throughout the decades, you
0: know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Right. Um, so I'm trying to think of some other stuff that stuck out in the episode to me. Um, Just the general look of the show was good. It had a grittier feel to it. WandaVision was very overproduced on purpose, I feel like, because they were going yep. for the decades television. Like, that was such a clever thing to do. And it wasn't until you realized what was going on. Although they never really, ex- they, they, they kind of did explain why she was, like, they, they explained why she was into sitcoms, but then why it went through every single decade was, was not really that explained. Yeah. But so it had a different feel to it. Um, like you said, I felt like it was an action movie. But honestly, um, I think that was a good change of pace because yeah, we had a very cerebral show that had a very Marvel ending but also had a bunch of the emotional stuff to go with it
1: I like it
0: yeah um,
1: yeah and this but I agree this one was and I thought the cinematography the production value I mean we just can't ask for much better
0: how about um, casting up until this point I mean obviously the the two the two main players uh, or the main players that we already knew uh, are fine yep. but like the new characters that came in I You know, sometimes you have a good product and yet people feel out of place. Um, I haven't had that yet in either show. I feel like everybody feels, like, right. Because I think about, like...
1: No one's eased in to the role, um, in my opinion. Yeah, so... Um, I think, think, you know, we can not try to get ahead, but I think it's Eternals. It'll be interesting when that movie comes out because there's so many stars in that movie. Mm -hmm. If that same feel is able to be kept or if it feels... You know, yeah. it help, what helps is a lot of the people who they've introduced to this movie. None of them are major stars, which allows them to really be the character. And it's not something you don't have some sort of preconceived notion of who that person is or what kind of character they play.
0: So um, do you feel like we, you and I specifically, we have set the bar so high for this content now that major motion pictures aren't going to feel the same? Like, I, I, I genuinely wonder that because now I know that I'm sinking myself into nine hour or not, you know, like eight, nine hours of content. And then it's weird too. like you and I are old enough to remember when we waited for TV shows. Now we're waiting yeah. for TV shows and I don't have a problem with it. I actually look forward no, to it now. Love it's it. Like We've gone back. I um, love it.
1: I love yeah. love the fact I'm a, obviously I'm older, you know, but I love the fact it's all available immediately. I, I like and- the fact that I get to anticipate wait for something there's something to that in life that's kind of fun and it builds up so, so something kind of great
0: um well, you get to, on that same to do note with the yeah,
1: kids I too. because i think their ability to tell stories and build characters within these mini-series type ideas is is much easier mm-hmm. than in a two-hour movie um, oh yeah so I wouldn't be surprised if if they kind of if they've decided if maybe they start doing an idea where they do their instead of doing an origin movie, uh, you get origin type stories done via the Disney Plus series, where you have the time to develop characters and, and to bring attachments, and then things happen in the movies. You know, so you get your origin series, and then let's do a movie with Miss Marvel and She Hulk, you know, or something like that, or let's now that we've you know we've built up more connection with Bucky and Sam Uh, now now when we do another Avengers movie uh you have a a a real endearment to those characters you know it's it's interesting
0: there's less at stake in the movies now um which is which is hilarious because you and I think many times that we're not those people who are going to watch all the cartoons and know all the fan fiction book stuff and then here we are uh, talking about how much we love this new pa- paradigm of, oh my God, I love the well, shows and then I can go to movies.
1: Well, I, you know, it just tells you if you do it right, it's worth it, right? You know, like, and that, what what I think they've done right is Vice having, you know, multiple connected cartoons and, you know, digital series and as Star Wars, my, my daughters love, obviously, the Clone Wars, for example, when it comes to the Star Wars series. Um, I couldn't quite ever get into it because it's kind of like, you know, okay, it's a cartoon or it's, it's, it's kind of a, you know, what do you call it? CGI graphic, uh, mm-hmm. whatever that is. And it's, it's canon, but it's, you know, so I couldn't quite get into it, but with these these Disney Plus series that they're building, especially around the MCU, and, and The Mandalorian's a great example as well, um, when you get the real same actors from the movies and you put them in the series, it feels more connected. And I think it makes it much more likely for, the, for those people who aren't necessarily into the fan fiction idea of things to be able to feel like oh these are the guys i know this is bucky and this is sam it's the uh, bucky and sam i've seen for for seven years now i like seeing more of them you know <laughs> and so i, I think yeah. it's kind of neat it's a great opportunity
0: i have to say too um from a business strategy standpoint with the pandemic over the last year great direction to go into because now you know people you know people are still waiting and how are they going to preoccupy their time if they're at home well, i'll watch uh, nine episodes of the
1: show I don't think they planned it, but boy, no. are they, boy, are they just, you talk about, uh, you know, talk about business, a lot of people talk about how do you perform in the curve, right? Everyone can perform in the road, perform in the road to scrape. The question is, the companies that really succeed perform the, when the road turns. And uh, now you got to give, you know, whether it's, you know, Disney started, started seeing things a little bit early when it came to competing with Netflix or things like that. And that's why they went to a streaming service in the first place. Uh, But, boy, uh, making the turn into the Disney Plus and creating content that's related to the Disney movies and the MCU movies and the Star Wars movies, uh, business model-wise, is just brilliant. Or lucky.
0: This is why I bought stock stock in Disney during the pandemic, because I saw the writing on the wall. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Go buy Disney Plus. (laughs) Oh, and, you know, I have to say, like... um, in in a larger picture too like i feel as if so this is going to be like sort of related but not related you know how uh throughout history like we always look toward the renaissance period as like the greatest period in like human creativity and Mm -hmm. we look at ourselves now and think to ourselves well we can't create like that the way that we used to we look at how 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 creativity manifested itself in architecture and art right music like it was just we went from the from the middle ages which was a dark period to the renaissance and it was like literally black and white but i would actually argue that the creativity that we're seeing now and how we are putting content out and yes there's a lot of crap like that we need to filter yeah. through but if you really really think about it mike you and i could sit down and take an hour and fish through netflix hulu disney plus and all that stuff and probably find enough stuff to keep us preoccupied every day for the rest of like the year basically. And that's new content, right? So in a way, it's it sort of feels as if we have redirected our creativity from, you know, we are kind of going back to that. I almost think that this is a renaissance of sorts in terms of television creativity, because the writing that goes into it is such a huge factor. Right. It's one thing for a show to look the part, but we've we've watched many shows that look great. They have no substance in, in it. The characters aren't interesting. You can't buy into it. Uh, but then right. we've watched shows that have no production value. I, a show we're rewatching now, Arrested Development. Great writing. Love that show. But no budget. <laughs> like they don't have any budget, and they did their best work when they knew they were getting canceled.
1: On The Verge, you're getting canceled constantly, and they made right. some of the comedy yes. on the planet. Yeah.
0: And so now what we have are these big companies putting big dollars and. Think about it too. Like, big time actors and actresses are crossing the line and doing TV. Like, there's only a handful of actors and actresses. Like, if Tom Hanks ever does a miniseries on Netflix, you know that the whole paradigm has shifted, or Tom Cruise yep. or something like that, because those are like the biggest names that I can think of. Even Meryl Streep is doing TV now, doing television miniseries now, and she's considered the greatest actress of like our generation, basically. Right. That's another that's another story, but uh, so they, they've gotten so many big names to come and cross over. So TV doesn't have a stigma anymore. and it's like right. these writers get told now instead of putting together a two hour movie, you get to put it together a miniseries. So you want to tell a long story? Well, now you can put it into nine condensed versions. So the little things that you might have had to pass up. like imagine if each Harry Potter book was a miniseries instead of a feature film. Right. you would have been able like so many of the things and i don't know if you read them or not i know i know the kids have i did <laughs> but like so I'm many like, of the th- yeah. <laughs> yeah. so many of the things that i wanted in the movie didn't make it because you think to yourself well yeah they have to leave that out because if they put everything in the book it would be ridiculous yeah. but I mean, you've as, how many books have you read as a book, lover, as yes. a book
1: lover, uh the opportunity for great content related to like a, a, a real Great version of a book brought to screen is so much more possible now. We, I was just talking with my, I, I recommended to my daughter, one of my daughters, she uh, to read Jurassic Park by Michael Crichton the other day. I said, You gotta read this book, it's amazing. I read that when I was older. I swear, here's the worst part about it though is you're gonna watch the movie and be disappointed after you read the book because I know I was when I was in eighth grade or whatever it was, and I read Michael Crichton's, you know, Jurassic Park, and I went and saw the movie, and I was like, Meh. Now I can watch the movie and I enjoy the movie. It's a good movie. It's fun to watch, it but like up I much. can imagine you could have made Jurassic Park into a mini series on Disney plus, with that kind of budget, how great it would have been, you know, they wouldn't have ruined Congo by Michael Crichton <laughs> by making a really terrible movie. <laughs> if they'd had a Disney plus budget, that's a good and point. Ability, you know, that's so I, I, the amount of things I think could come out, that would be interesting, really good tellings of, of some really great books.
0: An author we have talked about many times now that absolutely benefits from this paradigm, but obviously on a more adult, you know, centered, you know, uh, streaming service is Stephen King. Oh because my God. Yeah. How, uh, many bad, how many bad Stephen King movies have come out?
1: Oh my God. They ruined all. I don't know if they've made a good, other than the Shawshank Redemption and the Green Mile, uh, which were short stories uh, within a, a book, not full books. There, I don't know if there's been a good. Book rendition of any of his stuff, or movie rendition of any of his books. Yeah, I mean, I, and, I, 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 not to get on. We're getting a little bit of on tangent here. Right,
0: up. It's the first episode. You know like it's the first episode of a new show. And, like you can only talk about so much because we don't. It's like my hope for the for the the, the Falcon and and uh, um, Winter Soldier stuff is that once we get halfway through we kind of look at the season in totality up to that point. I think, all right, everything that's happened. So like we know what we like right now we have a bunch of potential exposition that's not necessarily exposition. So in my mind, we're talking about what we're talking about makes a lot of sense because this show and WandaVision and The Mandalorian are just they're, they're examples of these gigantic brands creating smaller level content that feels like a a mass motion picture and the whole idea around these long movies remember it wasn't even that long ago when the irishman came out and people were like young people don't watch movies that are three hours long but now what do they do they watch these things because what we've what we've done now is we've conditioned younger people to watch shit excuse me stuff in, in installments and so They're like, oh well, I can watch a three-hour movie. I just watch it in three one-hour parts, just like it's a three-hour three-hour mini-series, and voila, right? You have it. So I think it all relates. Like, um, you know, the the what they're doing with Marvel to me feels uh, innovative. I was nervous about it because I thought, how is this going to work? Like, I know the Mandalorian's a lot of fun because you already had a season to kind of sink your teeth into it, and you're like, well, Jon Favreau's fantastic, so that's that's (laughs) yeah. But, but Marvel,
1: has- you as mm. well. So maybe it's a Favreau connection.
0: That's true. Yeah. What was I? Who was I saying? Uh, uh, oh, uh, was it me that hypothesized that if you told John Favreau to do the uh, episodes one through three of Star Wars, that it would be like the best movie trilogy <laughs> of all time?
1: <laughs> I paid money to see that. <laughs> oh I'd pay my god! The, the, I paid the Disney Plus uh, whatever premium price to watch those movies.
0: so is there anything in this series so far after one episode and taking wandavision into account that you're nervous about for the mcu going forward because i have one thought
1: i don't know i'd like to hear your thought i don't i don't have anything that i can think off the top of my head but i bet i'll hear what you have to say
0: i'm really nervous that they're gonna pull from this alternate reality stuff and that we're gonna get some version of captain america from like earth 2 or some alternate reality 2 that's going to come back and save the day because to me that would water down the product i know that they alluded to it in endgame because they had to make sure everything was aligned properly and all that and obviously they were able to do many things like the uh dr strange stuff like they can obviously do that i would prefer them not to like i don't want them to do that because i feel like there's money to be made in what they're doing now
1: I think the multiverse will come into play in some way. I like to think that what they're going to do with it, though, is use it more to maybe create some conflict that requires a big bad or something because of it. But they won't. Uh, hopefully, they won't. They'll use if they use any of the old characters in it. It'll be more of a fun Easter egg than actual part of the thing.
0: I hope so. I hope so. All right. So. We've been on here for a bit, um, you know. We can get out of here. So, Mike, uh, you have a grade for the episode?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm gonna give it a B plus. Okay. Um, and I started. I'm like, I'm like a terrible teacher. I'm like, well, I'm gonna start low, uh, but I, I didn't have a lot wrong with it. But it's the first episode, so it has a long way to go. You know, we will see where the story actually goes with it.
0: All right. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same camp. I want to give it some time to percolate, give it some time to grow. So I give it a B plus as well. But overall, I'm definitely enthused and um i think we're gonna have a lot of good stuff coming up so um you know i had a good time with you this this time and um you know I've, i'm looking forward to the next eight weeks uh we're gonna put all these yeah, out definitely. on friday so if you're listening to it uh listen to what we have to say and then go watch the next episode because then you'll get our feelings and you can uh, make your own on the next one so uh, i look forward to doing this again next week mike thanks for uh, coming on the show
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. hope I didn't uh, ruin your podcast, but hopefully it'll be a good time and I look forward to the next couple of weeks here as we uh, hash this thing out and see what happens.
0: All right, sir. I will see you down the road. And listeners, I will see you next week. Take care.